Good morning and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark, host of the show, and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. My role allows me to engage in the Central Florida community on many levels, and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff, and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. Rollins Around Town highlights the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community, introduces the college to important community leaders, and shares the impact Rollins has throughout town. Guests come from outside of the college as well as feature our very own faculty, staff, and students. The goal of the show and these interviews is to show the role, the important role Rollins plays in town and how important the college is to our region. So thank you for joining us this morning, and it is my pleasure to welcome a longtime friend, a fellow alumnus of Rollins, and a member of the Rollins Board of Trustees, Carol Hanley Goggin. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sam. Glad to be here. So we're not really doing the deep dive into your into your bio. So just give us a little background, Carol, on on where you grew up and and you know what brought you to Rollins. I grew up in Connecticut and halfway through my senior year, somebody came to dinner at my house and said, "Did Carol look at Rollins in Florida?" My mother had taken me across the country to look at schools all over, but not to Florida, and I went Florida, <laughs> and she put me on a plane that Monday. I flew out of a snowstorm out of LaGuardia, straight into here, walked right onto the lawn and said, these are my people. That's and I got here, uh, I did everything I could to get in and got here in 1981. That is awesome. So what did you study here and, and what, what kept you busy, you know, aside from your studies? Well, I arrived as a music major. Okay. I had been playing piano for quite a few years and I got here and one of the requirements was to sing in the choir on Sundays. and. That really wasn't my thing. So I ended up as a math major. And believe it or not, music and math are pretty related. Uh, people don't know that. Uh, so I was a math major with an emphasis in computers and uh, physics. That's Loved it. And as far as outside of that, I was in the rock club. I, you know, I just enjoyed myself socially. Had great lifelong friends I met here yeah. at Rollins. Loved it so much. I eventually uh, decided to live here in Winter Park. And my family always said when I came to Rollins that they would not see me again. <laughs> <laughs> that I was I was going to be a Floridian resident before I knew it. They so. knew. Who were who were some of your teachers? You know, sort of mentors or, or people who had the most impact on your life from from your days at Rollins. Well, I loved all my Bush teachers, but I was a Bush baby. That yeah. you know, back then that was a building that had very little windows, and you could go in and stay in all day and never see the sun. Not that that happened much here. Um, I, I love Don Griffin, who was a, Griffith, who was a physics teacher. I had my most influential teacher actually was an English teacher. I had him for the first class uh, of all, a freshman English writing class, and had him in my senior year for a writing. His name was um, uh, Dr. Starling. I think he yeah. still lives locally. Yeah, I think so. And he said things to me along the way. I, I was not big on reading or writing. I was really more mathematical, science related. He kind of tailored my senior year writing class to meet my needs instead of doing kind of regular papers. He had me doing scientific papers and things like that. And he really just encouraged me not to be average. He, he At the time, I kind of rolled my eyes. But, you know, a few years later, I started to think, 
huh, you know, he really took a risk and said some things to me that when I started to really kind of come into my own later in my 20s and started my business, you know, the things that Dr. Starling said to me in passing after class made a huge influence in, in my adult life. That's fantastic. My Interestingly, my sort of w- was similar, but it was not from my major. I, I had wonderful teachers in the pol- political science department, but Charlie Edmondson, who was a history teacher, uh, was was sort of my teacher and, and really helped me a lot and uh, was just a, s- a strong influence, but obviously outside of my major, mm-hmm. w- which I think, you know, is, is attributable to the liberal arts ethos and, and education of being, being sure you get exposed to so many disciplines outside of just your major. It's definitely one of the benefits of coming to a school like Rollins. I mean, you really got to know your professors in every single class that you took. You couldn't hide out. You're yeah. in a class with 15 to 20 people <laughs> around a table you know, you really got to know your professors. And so for me, that was a you know, huge draw. Yeah, I love that. What, what, did, what did you learn? You know what I mean? Like, do you ever look back and just think about what Rollins taught you and how it sort of made you who you are outside of, you know, in the classroom? You know, it, it really taught me to take risks. Mm. Uh, I think, it, and not so much like in the few years right after college, but as I got kind of a little older and a little more feet on the ground, kind of a little more self-assured about my talents and, and the things that I w- was interested in, you know, it really, I wish I'd taken more risks when I was here. Right. I, I, I did risk by kind of accident. Like I ended up in Australia my junior year. Just, you know, somebody said, oh, let's go do it. And I thought, yeah, let's go to Australia and study for a semester. But it was totally out of the box for me to go that far. And back then, you didn't have cell phones. You were on the other side of the world. And those kind of experiences and the people that came into my world as a result of these kind of -of out-of-the-box experiences really have made it possible for me to, when asked to do something that I might not be able to do, like this right here, <laughs> you say yes. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You, you don't do it well or whatever. Those are things I learned here. Yeah, I'm guessing there's not many things you don't do well, but that's maybe for another interview. <laughs> so after graduation, commencement, like what's on your docket? For jobs or for life? Trying to look for a job. Yeah. Um, I, Yeah, I was trying to find a job that kind of uh, used some of my mathematics and and some of my science things. I ended up actually working for Kidder Peabody in Miami as a registered sales assistant with my Series 7 and um, really loved that. I loved the analytical things. I ended up also at Kidder Peabody here in, in Winter Park. And then I ended up over at Martin Marietta. Um, which really was great because I was in a role where I took what was happening scientifically and kind of converted it into everyday language. So I understood what the the programmers, and, and I was on a program called Lantern. It was mm-hmm. a forward-looking infrared program. And, and to be able to communicate things that were scientific, um, really, again, a testament to my Rollins education. I learned from from just Dr. Starling and yeah. being able to, you know, communicate in scientific papers and things. It really came back in spades at Martin Marietta. That's amazing. What great uh, kind of you know kind of big job and real world experiences that 
ultimately led to you starting your own business? Starting my own business. Uh, came back to Florida. I ended up up in uh, Chicago and uh, worked for Kidder Peabody up there. <laughs> I kind of tra- went to a bunch of Kidder Peabody places. Moved back down here and my husband David and I uh, started uh, DBG Promotions. Yeah. Again, kind of by accident. Somebody had approached him and said, you know, this would be something you all could do. We were in our late 20s, and um, it was a promotional marketing company, anything you could put your company name or logo in. Most of our friends by then were in decision-making jobs, so we just called all of our friends from <laughs> Rollins. Right. You know, he also graduated from Rollins in 83, and we, st- we really, again, just started by accident into something where we got some pretty big, you know, orders right away, and we thought, wow, this is easy. It, it, we just didn't know what we didn't know, but we've been doing it for 30 years now. We have 12 people in our office, and it's and, it, and it's right here in Winter Park, about a block from the baseball field. It is. It's a staple uh, sign right there on Orange Avenue by the baseball stadium, and uh, and you guys do amazing work. Um, how did Rollins prepare you? Like you know, again, you 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 started on a totally different path, and do you ever look back and think? Part of our success is due to our Rollins experience, maybe other than just friends who became clients. (laughs) Well, I think that you're exposed to so many things here at Rollins through the gen ed classes that you have to take and just the the major and all that influence. I think it really perked my lifelong learning kind of nature. Um, I really... um, Whenever I'm interested in something, I dive in and want to really learn it. And so with with marketing, it was, again, a little out of my box, more so in David's box. Um, But I pretty much did the financial side of things, which was very mathematical. I'd taken a lot of accounting. But again, that lifelong learning, it's taking in our industry, there's lots of education. I've got every degree that's available in the promotional (laughs) products of field because I really am, and that came from Rollins, just the desire to learn and and become an expert in whatever that you're interested in. That's amazing. What was David doing before you guys started the business? Um, He was running a water ski company out of Chicago, and he was in the boating industry before in Atlanta. Yeah. And was he on the water ski team? I believe so. Yeah. Great, uh, great, great guy. And uh, that's awesome. I mean, the business is uh, over 30 years old. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's, 30 Fantastic. years this year. Oh, that's awesome. How, how has COVID affected your work? And, you know, what, what, if anything, will be different for you in the future because of sort of the COVID effect? Well, you know, we our, our business is down like many other businesses. And um, we actually shifted in, uh, we shifted last April. Our clients really needed PPE products. And we had the avenues to deliver masks and hand sanitizer and things like that. So we really, in April through the summer, did a huge amount of PPE business, which still continues today. We've had to kind of shift. We've had salespeople who were focused on event planning in the hotels industry, and that kind of crashed out um, for a lot of the year. And they've had to kind of refocus on, on, again, going back to basics, cold calling and getting new clients. So um, there's also been some of our competitors have gone out of business. Mm. And so it's a matter of trying to get your, you know, your boots on the ground and try and, you know, because we're, we're firmly in business. We're doing just fine. It, it's, a, it's a blip. We've had other economic blips in 30 years. Yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're here to stay. So we're looking to pick up new customers. We do what we do very well. Yeah. 
Yes. And so it's been an opportunity as well as kind of, uh, it's, it's difficult when things, you know, it's out of your hands. Yeah. It's, has it affected, um, you know, sort of employee and morale? A lot of your work, even before probably, you, you didn't necessarily require your team to sit, come sit in an office and call, or, or how's that sort of fundamentally changed your operation? Uh, we could shift pretty quickly to virtual because we uh, had put in place quite a few years ago a system called Facilis. We're part of a network, mm-hmm. and everything's on the cloud. So all of our accounting and everything could be accessed from wherever. Fortunately, that allowed everybody to work pretty quickly from home. And so we were home for quite a few months. And since many of our salespeople are in and out of the office, it's, it's really up to them when they're, they're in the office. And I, we have less people in the office these days. People, uh, some of our salespeople are more comfortable due to COVID being home, don't want that exposure. We're completely fine with that. We want everybody to kind of remain healthy and happy and yeah. do what's right for their families. Some of them have small children that have uh, had virtual classes and needed oversight. And, you know, we've tried to kind of shift where we need to be. But it, but the transition, as far as that, I think we've learned that we can all work from wherever right. quite well. Yeah, I think that's even happening here a little bit yeah. <laughs> at the college. The uh, it, Does the Amazon effect, you know, impact or influence your business in any way? Uh, not so much Amazon. There's other ne- uh, other internet-based promotional products that affect us. But a lot of times our clients will come to us because of the relationship and say, hey, I saw this online. This is something you can get. Mm. And um, because we deliver and they know we've got their artwork, we, you know, we, we have great systems and follow up. Uh, they're more comfortable dealing with the relationship. Uh, yeah. vendor than as opposed to on the internet. Well, it's an, it's a great business. I've been a client of DBG for, I don't know, maybe 25 years along the way in different roles. And, uh, and so you guys do amazing work. Thank you. Outside of that, you're deeply involved in the community. Uh, I know you serve on the board of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, which I do and we do together. You're I'm excited about that. That's <laughs> a new opportunity for me. I'm new to that board, but I'm so it's got great synergy with the other things that I do since I represent Rollins on the board of trustees. Um, Ron DeSantis, our governor, Governor DeSantis, appointed me to the Florida uh, 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 Florida. Board of Cultural Affairs, Arts and Culture. I'm stumbling over that. Spit it out with a mask on. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> and so it, there's great synergy. I'm, I, I, I think the Chamber of Commerce does a wonderful job. Uh, the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce does a wonderful job locally. They've done an amazing work trying to promote businesses during COVID with their Thrive Initiative. And so I'm really excited to have this opportunity to serve on that board. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, you I know you've been members for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to sort of give back in this role is, um, that's, that's a, it's a big commitment in a lot of ways. And uh, I think for you to take the time to, to, to sort of prop that up as a priority for, it's really not just about your business, but it is about the whole business environment in Winter Park. So It's about our city. I mean, this is one of the, I mean, I love that I got transplanted from Connecticut to Winter Park. Winter Park is a, an amazing city. It's got great charm. It's got wonderful long-term residents. It's got great shops. They're not all chains. Many right. of them are mom and pops. Right. The wonderful restaurants. I mean, how great is it that from from 1981 when I arrived to be able to walk up Park Avenue and and dine and you know visit and have that park and the all the things that happen there. I mean, I, it's just yeah. a fabulous city. I don't know how anybody would want to live anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> here, here, here. Mm-hmm. 
tell us about your journey, you know, uh, getting involved with Rollins as a, as a volunteer. Uh, I know you were on the alumni board, which we had the opportunity to serve together and even on the board of trustees and which you still are on. Um, tell us about that. Like, how did it start? Why did it start? And, and you know, you sort of gone to the the big board, which is awfully impressive. It's been it's been a slow kind of it's it started a long time ago. I really believed in my experience here at Rollins, and early on, they had something called the Fox Club that was kind of in the development area, where if you gave fifty dollars, these are the first five years out of Rollins. You gave fifty dollars a year. You got a little plaque with a little thing, and I thought that was grand. And <laughs> and and my grandfather had always said, as soon as you graduate, you always give back to the institutions that have made you who you are today. And so he was, uh, he instilled that in all of us. And it started as simply as giving each year. And it wasn't a lot, you know, about, I don't know, 20, 20 or so years later, somebody came to me and said, I just wanted to sit down and show you what you've given over this year. And those little drops in the bucket mm -hmm. all, the, all the way had really kind of accumulated into a number that kind of surprised me. And I wasn't a huge donor. I was just a yearly donor. Right. I supported the school that way. Um, they had the Myers Miller um, uh, supportive athletics, yeah. and and uh, uh, Paul and Jack Myers are friends of the family, so we got involved in that and providing uh, promotional items for that, and that was another thing. I always attended reunions. I, I think we've become known that you know if you're here on Friday night at the Grove party, we'll figure out dinner <laughs> afterwards, you know, because we're locals, right. and so that's been fun to see who came back every year. So when um, Jim Channon called me up and he was on the um, uh, the alumni board at the time and said, are you interested in joining the board? I thought, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then subsequently during those six years that I was on the alumni board, my oldest son was graduating from uh, uh, school here in town. And he, since he was a little boy, had wanted, I mean, he's like, I'm going to Rollins. I'm going to Rollins. And you know, it really became his mission in high school. So he actually got in and came to Rollins and graduated in 15. So I got the opportunity to serve on the parents council. And, it, and, and I think when he graduated, we all cried because all these <laughs> parents that we became friends with, right. it was, it's a real community. We were really a part of the Rollins fabric and in every avenue you could go. So, so being able to transition from the alumni board to the board of trustees has just been awesome. And then I also serve as the national chair of the Rollins uh, Annual Fund. And so that's also because I'm a big I'm it, it's all about participation. Right. I want if you, if you value your education here at Rollins as an alum, just give something each year. Right. I mean, those numbers are so important um, with our rankings with the U.S. News and the U.S. World you know, News, News and World Report. Report. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, participation by by alumni in giving programs uh, shows uh, that that the school uh, is valued and, and it raises our our cachet in right. those those statistics. Yeah, uh, incredibly involved. Any any specific accomplishments or anything you remember along the way that I mean, aside from the fundraising which you do as the national chair, anything from the alumni board days or any you know almost maybe little things that you think. These are impactful decisions that, that I've been a part of, either on the alumni board or the board of trustees that, um, you know, that you kind of remember. 
uh, I think uh, during the alumni board, we really, um, under Kurt Wells, who is another uh, former president, uh, actually I think he was right around president around your time, um, we did a huge strategic, it was my first day on the board, huge strategic two-day plan. Yeah. I mean, my head hurt, and I thought, oh my God, is this board going to be like that? <laughs> um, but it really kind of looked at all the things, how can we serve our alumni better? Yeah. And so putting together more programming, Programming, bringing uh, professors out to visits, putting together clubs in the different cities at that time I thought was pretty revolutionary. It got alumni together in, in California and New York and Texas, and there was great enthusiasm around that. And that was an exciting uh, to be a part of uh, a rollout of a strategic plan for the alumni was, was great. Yeah. And then on the board of trustees, I mean, I just feel so honored to be able to be at such a think tank of amazing uh, talent, yeah. uh, both alumni and outside of the college. And um, to be a part of that as, as we you know, have faced uh, the, the challenges of COVID um, to just uh, making the experience here better and better. Um, I served as chair of the enrollment marketing for a few years yeah. and just to uh, right when my younger son was going through the process, I felt like I was spying on all the colleges that we looked at <laughs> because I would come back with all my brochures to Faye and, and, and uh, the the vice president of yeah. enrollment said, here's what I got from these schools. And um, it was really a great time to be a part of kind of the marketing materials, um, changing and really looking at what does the tour look like to some people? How yeah. can we make it better? Um, the, you know, my first impression of Rollins was memorable. Right. I knew from the day I walked on this campus, this is where I wanted to be. It wasn't, the, I didn't even get to the tour, <laughs> but for many people, it's, you know, actually I know plenty that come in and have the same experience. That's sure. always kind of neat to hear those stories, but to walk down the, the halls with the architecture and, and the arches yes. and things like that, it's to really show what becomes a part of our DNA here yeah. at Rollins is to walk around this campus. Yeah, the gateways. Is, mm -hmm. The uh, gateways. refer to Thank you. Uh, these days. Talk a little bit about the decision and the process as a mom uh, with two boys, uh, one who ultimately chose to go here and one who ultimately chose not to go here. Um, how was that experience? This is slightly a, a personal digging question as, as I have children who are, you know, uh, sneaking <laughs> up on the, on those ages. But, you know, the, the, the whole discussion of, do you want them to get away from home? Do you want them to not be in your shadows of a community, of a school? How, how did that play out for you and, and David? Yeah, I think for, for our older son, I knew if he got in, this would be a perfect place for him to really, uh, really become alive. Um, he was already uh, um, interning uh, at, at, at Tavistock, at Isleworth Realty. He really had his feet firmly planted. You know, I, I said to the admissions counselor, please don't take him if you think he's going to fail here. I just don't <laughs> want him to fail in the backyard. I, I would, you know, if this isn't the right place for him academically, you know, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, fortunately, everything went smooth. Um, and I watched, I watched how a liberal arts education sinks in over time. He came mm. to the house his junior year and he started talking to me about something about Islam and, and, and things, just some perspective he had on some current events. And I looked at him like, 
who is this child that just walked in? And I realized, and he'd said, oh, I've been in this class. And then th there's, you know, I've been taking listening over here with Dr. Bumblejay. And, you know, he was a communications major. And, um, you know, I watched him find his mentor like I did, you know, uh, Ted Grinellis. He's not here anymore, but right. Ted Grinellis uh, was kind of his advisor and mentor. They still remain close to this day. Um, I watched him have everything that I would want him to experience here at Rollins, and that was exciting. Uh, my younger son looked to play lacrosse here, and then he got injured, and so that kind of didn't come to be. I think if he if he ended up, he might have ended up here if he yeah, ended up on healthy. that team. Yeah. I do think that for him, um, being in the backyard wasn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. He really needed to go out and experience something different than Central Florida, and that's what he's done. He also needed a larger school. He yeah. was a little more gregarious. He was a little. He's definitely a, <laughs> a lot more outgoing and tends to have thirty friends attached to him at all times. Um, you know, that's kind of his personality. And so um, while I would have been happy here, if he w had come here, I'm not sure it was the fit for him. Yeah. And I think it's really important when you have children looking at school. It, each college is not for every person that walks through the door. Right. And I think it, I had to kind of let the process happen for both kids. Um, and I think ultimately they both have landed. And, and I know, well, Jack is still here locally. He's involved in the uh, Central Florida Club of Rollins. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes and speaks uh, to students. Um, he just, he ended up being a, a, a locally staying with uh, the group that he internship with and is with a company called Stockworth. And he sells residential real estate here. And um, it's been terrific. He's in, he's on the lake lakefront and waterways commission at winter <laughs> park. So, you know, he was going to be that yeah. young person. He's all in, but I love to see how Rollins has impacted his community service, the things that interest him. Um, it's, it's all over him, his yeah. Rollins education. I love that. You sort of glossed over it, but it does, it needs a little bit more attention. You were appointed by the governor of the state of Florida <laughs> to the Florida board of arts and cultural affairs. Can you Give us some background on that and what, what's the board do? Well, the board really is an advocacy group to promote arts and culture here in the state of Florida. Um, it's kind of, uh, again, one of those things that's a little out of the box. Um, in my industry, I advocate on behalf of the industry up in Washington uh, with something called PPA, PPAI LEAD. And we go and we actually meet with, uh, I'm on Team Florida, and we meet with the Florida Congress uh, people and the senators here uh, to promote the things that are important to, um, to our industry. Um, I transitioned that with working with uh, the Chamber of Commerce and Robin Swan to um, uh, get their arts and culture group for a fly-in day in Tallahassee, hopefully to meet with uh, Governor DeSantis. And uh, it worked kind of uh, some of my channels there to try and be helpful. And I think that's where my name popped up because I'm, while well, I played piano, and I'm certainly a lover of the arts. I've loved Winter Park Institute. I think the Cornell Arts Center, I mean, the Alphand Inn art. I mean, how great is it to walk around the Alphand Inn and look at that art? And if you have a chance to actually have somebody walk around and tell you about all the art, mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a tour to definitely participate in. We have so many things you know, that I love arts and culture. But really, I've come by way of advocacy. Um, I, 
I love to work with our legislators on whether it be my industry, higher education. I'm heavily involved in talking about the importance of higher education for my board work here at Rollins. And now I'm working on behalf of arts and culture. We look at uh, cultural facility grants. We do a lot of grant proposal um, evaluating and ranking. And then we go to the uh, the legislature and say, we'd really like $67 million <laughs> to fund all these programs, right. and um, which helps like all of uh, everything from the artists to the museums, uh, to the zoos, to right. the science centers. I mean, it really is a, a wide range. So to be involved in some of that. And then of course, the budget just came back. It's five million is what they're trying to allocate. We'll be doing some hard work in the next month to try and raise that number. We were able to raise that 20 million last year from oh. what originally came out in the budget. Funding uh, arts and cultures, you know, every dollar funded by the government into, by our state of Florida into arts and culture returns $9 to our economy. It's a huge benefit for our economy. And I don't think people really understand how integral it is to good good economic development that comes from promoting and helping build facilities, renovate facilities. Um, uh, it, it brings arts into the schools. Right. Uh, low uh, uh, The diversity and inclusion to the people that otherwise wouldn't experience dance and music and, and arts. It's really a, a phenomenal uh, group to be a part of yeah. and, and hope that we can also get our legislators on board to uh, fund some of these programs. What a great uh, experience and opportunity. Is is tourism involved or does that, I mean, I know that obviously we have, you know, the Florida Tourism Board, but does your entity help in that sort of marketing of all of our our arts and culture assets? And I think it's integral with tourism. Yeah. Uh, it's not specifically you know, targeted in that way. But, you know, like we've got Dr. Phillips downtown. That's a huge draw. I mean, certainly here in the city of Winter Park, I mean, the chamber's big at uh, tourism and, and promoting things like uh, the Morris Museum and, and the Alphand Inn and some of the um, Bach Fest Festival and uh, the Cornell. All those things uh, are big. Tourism and economics, the arts and culture, it's all kind of hand in hand, yeah. I believe. Fascinating. Well, good luck with that. Enjoy that. I'm, I'm and sure I didn't mention the Andy Russell Theater. I've got to try right, and get the oldest, them all in there. <laughs> the oldest uh, performing arts uh, in, in Florida, really. And, I mean, and we also, the, uh, the, the uh, council is also involved in putting forth and, and evaluating the Poet Laureate. So I want to congratulate Dr. Carol Frost, yes. who is a professor here who is uh, on the finalist list. I was very excited. I got chills, you know, when I came across her <laughs> information. It. I'm like, yay, go Rollins. But she's so talented. She so is. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, lifting that one up. I, I love that. That well, comes in and she could, I hope she becomes our poet laureate. So I think, you know, you and I might have met first or maybe second at Leadership Orlando in I the know. early or we mid-1990s. We were class, the 26th class. That's right. It would have been, let's see, I, I, was pregnant a month the first day, and I think uh, me and Michelle Cooper right. uh, uh, from the Dairy Council, yes. uh, we both were pregnant those nine months, That's and uh, so it would have been 20, 28 years ago. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, it, it sort of dawned on me then as a, as a relatively young alum of the college, but, you know, why is Rollins so important in the community, and, and where is Rollins in the community? So from your lens, you know, sort of two questions. Why is Rollins important? to the Central Florida community? And second, where, 
are you surprised at? Do you do you see Rollins in the community more than maybe you even ever thought you might in leadership positions and community positions? I think Rollins has always been important in the community. I think uh, uh, particularly when you have uh, things like HALT, uh, the, the evening program and the Crummer Business School. I mean, it allows our our leaders and people who are, are at work in our community to get a, a, an amazing education here while being local. I think we also um, send out send out amazing educated um, leaders uh, who are res- you know responsible and into our community. Um, I do think it, uh, the professors and, and their ability to communicate with our um, our media. I mean, uh, the, the 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 interviews, the, all yeah. those things. It, it just brings it elevates our it just elevates our community to have a college like Rollins in Central Florida. Um, yeah. I just I, I think it it is getting better and better and better. For know? sure. I mean, I would love to come back and be a student here <laughs> at right. Rollins and get to start again and and really you know have internships here in the local area. I mean, it's, it, there's so many interesting things that have happened since, the, you know, I'm 35 plus years out, yeah. but it's, uh, well, this building, right? This yeah. hall here is just to make, this was the library, right? you know, when I was here and now it's this, uh, you know, centric yeah. place of, of everything uh, co-curricular yeah. that you would want Kathleen at Rollins. W. Rollins, Kathleen hall. W. Rollins hall. I love it. It's beautiful. It is amazing, the evolution of this building. And we, we got to walk uh, over by the new uh, Lakeside Residential Complex um, b- before we got on air. And uh, it's a little bit different than the dorm we were in when yes. we were in school. Yes, and <laughs> I spent three years in that dorm. Yes, I was mm-hmm. two, and that was plenty. Um, one role that you play for the college that I think is invaluable is sort of as a, as a, a social media ambassador. I don't know if – I've never actually known if it's an official role or an unofficial role, but – um, we have a lot of different social media platforms, one in particular, which is a, a parent's platform, which we, in essence, just open and, and let parents dialogue, and we don't moderate or dictate the conversation. Um, but you're in there a lot, sharing updates and information. How did that happen, and do you find interest in that, or uh, are yeah, you doing that? Yeah, it happened, I think, it just was a, a natural place for me to be, having had a child here on campus who really experienced it. I have a lot of friends whose who's, uh, uh, children are here, yeah. so I'm constantly kind of involved at hearing what's happening. So it's an easy place to be, um, a, a place to kind of soothe the souls of the parents if they're nervous or excited. I mean, we get to welcome the new families in when they're, you know, their child's been... Uh, uh, just accept it when Rollins said yes, and right. um, and that's exciting. And they want to know how to help them get a roommate or uh, ch- choose an RCC class, all those kind of things. Um, so you kind of, from your own experience, can direct somebody. And also, if somebody has a problem, you know, I can private message them and say, here's who I would call it, Rollins. I kind of know <laughs> yeah. all the different people to call. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a it's a great place. I'm involved in my, my, my other son's school too. And, you know, particularly this year, I think parents have been nervous about COVID. And, um, you know, to sit here in Central Florida and you're talking to a parent in the Northeast, um, you know, they, they want to know that they're, they're, child is safe on this campus with yeah. COVID and, and Rollins 
my hat is off to Rollins. They have done an amazing job of being able to provide uh, a face-to-face and hybrid environment of learning this past year when many colleges have not even, you know, done that. And mm-hmm. Rollins has done it well. And and um, so it's 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 been a lot of COVID talk and yeah. Yeah. that kind of thing. Well, it's been very popular for the parents, and so we appreciate you being on there and, and helping to provide, you know, um, insight and fact, and um, it's, it's, it's super valuable and helpful, so thank you. As, as we sort of get to the end here, what, do you have any advice for students who are, you know, considering or want to start a small business? What would you tell them if they're sitting here as seniors or juniors listening to an alum talk about a small business journey? Well, I'd say, you know, if you're passionate about something and you find, you know, what you want to try, go do it. Um, I, you know, I would say get involved with the career services here at Rollins. It's exceptional. I, you know, I, I, I would like to see every freshman actually mm-hmm. come in contact with career services from day one that would make their experience here and out the door where, you know, they 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 can they have the avenues with their handshake pat- platform to um, to get you in into the mode of getting a job once you leave here or, or whatever your desires would be. I think you can take advantage of the mentorship here. I think that's a big thing if you're interested in small business or entrepreneurship. Um, there, there are a lot of Rollins graduates who could speak to you. Yeah. And I think, again, go through career services. They'll, they'll, they'll connect the dots. I think our Share the Light um, initiative this yes. past year has been great in getting alumni connected to uh, students here in, in you know, uh, I just th- I think of Stacy von Prague, who's one of our board members, who's in a fashion, who's been able to talk to students here and mentor students. Uh, she's in New York and has been hugely um, successful in yes. helping them. Uh, we have other alumni in different areas. If you're interested in marketing and promotional products, I'm happy to have lunch. Have a you know, let's chat. Yeah. Um, I think use your network here. It may seem. Uh, that's my advice for juniors and seniors. Don't be afraid to use the network. Yeah, I think that's a great point. We don't bite. You know, I love talking to Rollins students as much as possible. If I have a a job opportunity and I get a Rollins, you know, uh, resume, I'm like more apt to call them. I love it. I think that is probably one of the best takeaways for students is to, to, to look into the network. Because it's small, but it's loyal and it's mighty, and um, and people are always willing to help. So, that's great advice. Last question: I, I ask people who you know have, have such a Rollins connection. Where's your place on Rollins? Is it where do you go? Where did you go to sort of just find that most beautiful or most special place on the Rollins campus for you? Well, it would have to be the Bush Science Center. <laughs> it's even better now. Yeah, I mean, they serve better. coffee in there That's now. Right. Windows. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you know, I really when I back in the day, they had a library on the third floor of the Bush Science Center, and 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 it was quiet. You know, and that's where I would go and just kind of sit and reflect or whatever. I mean, I, I also love to sit by the water. I was in, in McCain dorm for three years and you could go right out the back door and, and you know, you, you could just sit by the water. Um, but, you know, I was a little bit of a nerd. You know, <laughs> I must say it'd be a lot easier to be, uh, you know, with this beautiful science center that we have today. Yeah, I love going in there and having a cup of coffee at that little the cafe there. Yeah. Well, you are one of the most 
impressive and dynamic and outgoing nerds I've ever <laughs> met, Carol Goggins. So um, thank you for all you do uh, for Rollins, for Winter Park, and um, uh, just thanks to you and David for uh, for being such loyal supporters of the college, and thanks for uh, for being with us today on Rollins Around Town. Thanks, Sam. My pleasure. Special thanks to Samantha for running our board today. And uh, to keep updated on our show and guests, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town. And you can subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple and Spotify. So with that, we wish you all a great day in Winter Park or wherever you might be. Have a good one.